Official Death to Us recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 15. Past lives, open minds. 10 days till decision day. We're like suddenly really close to the end. I know. I can't, I kind of can't believe it. It's, it's here. It's about time though. You know, like yeah. we've reached that point where we've been in the thick of it with all of these couples for what feels like an eternity, almost to the point where you can't believe once it's winding down that you're actually winding down. I know, I know. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, the, this week too is always, I don't know. It's for entertainment purposes, it's not, it never overwhelms me. Yeah. Or I, I'm never excited about it. If anything, you're, I'm just sitting here watching the episode being like, oh yeah, that explains a lot. Oh, right. yeah, that explains a lot. Oh, I kind of sounded like an ass a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Right. So this is the week where we do, like, a version of Hometowns for everyone. So for everyone that still had, that is from the area, we see where they grew up. For people that didn't grow up in the area, we get some activity that like represents their upbringing mm-hmm. and then they wrote letters to themselves which I always like enjoy I always think is pretty precious um and a Dr. Pepper visit which I wasn't expecting considering we've been very low on the expert engagement this season so I was a little pleasantly surprised about that yeah I concur we usually give them crap and I was surprised at first I thought it was just going to be Pepper visiting me too. Mark and Lindsay. I thought it was just like a crisis intervention. Um, but no. She yeah, it's everyone. Them, so Housekeeping, just remember that subscribing on whatever platform you listen to us on helps a ton. It helps our podcast like move up in the search engines in all of the platforms. So wherever you listen, subscribe, give us a review. It means the world and visit us on Instagram and you'll find our link tree and we have links to various platforms. Um, Buy me a coffee if you want to donate to the pod, staying alive. And yeah, an interview that I did recently for Shout Out LA is up there, which is fun. Yeah. Shout out to you. Shout out LA, (laughs) shout out Brit. Um, Okay. Speaking of reviews before we get into this. Mm. Do you have an answer for why you are misleading the nation with <laughs> with calling it Mathis and not math? Oh, yeah. This is important. So we got a great written review this last week. Thank you. And a great point was presented, which is this person was bewildered. Why do we pronounce it Mathis when it's maths? And we laughed really hard. And then we thought about it and literally have no good explanation for you. Like none at all. I don't know. I think it's, we weren't like entrenched in the Married at First Sight community before we started doing this, I guess. And so we weren't like hearing other people say it. And for some reason that was just what naturally came. I don't know how. Okay. So at first, my, my first line of thought was like, well, it's obviously we, my fault. Like, I think I'm the first, like, because yeah, I abbreviate everything and I already. It's definitely your fault. I'm loose with the way I pronounce all words. Yes. So at first, my initial thought, and this just shows you, uh, this is a glimpse into my mind. At first, I thought, oh, well, we pronounce it Mathis because it's M-A-F apostrophe S. And then I thought. <laughs> what? That makes no sense. It's not that either. So I don't I have an answer for you, but we will try to be better with maths. No, you know what? Here's the thing, though. It's like this is unique to Till Death Dose Recap. So, like, I'll play around with maths because it certainly makes sense. But but everyone knows this is the Mathis people, I guess. Mathis has become what we say. So it's like I don't want to be inauthentic. anyways great food for thought so shout out to YTTCCF for (laughs) that astute observation white sieve 
Okay. Yes. Thank you for that. And, you know, you got us thinking, you got us talking. Would love to know if our Mathis pronunciation has been causing worldwide confusion. I mean, this pod does play on a couple continents. So really would love to hear from the masses on this one. But also, sorry, not sorry. Probably won't change it. Okay, great. <laughs> so let's start with Elijah Wan and Katine. Uh, we open with Katina saying, he makes me feel like a superwoman. Hmm. And I put, huh? <laughs> In all caps, because I was like, I'm pretty sure this relationship is the opposite of that. But we've got, we're coming off of like, we're coming off of what they were getting into on the retreat when he was getting super not like intense and kind of pushy and rigid about the timeline mm. with school, yeah. babies, traveling. He's talking in the interview. He's talking about how he's ready to lock in on some big questions. Is he going to have to sacrifice traveling the world? And I mean, he has to see if Katina can satisfy me. I was like, excuse me, what? He's once again bragging on and on about all he's been through, all he's accomplished. Uh, I bought a house. I sold a house. I'm like, can we stop with that? Like, <laughs> cool, cool, dude. Like, that's not a symbol on its own of anything, really. Um, but anyway, we go to the projects where he grew up. Mm-hmm. And... He kind of uses this time as a way to explain to her why he can be so rough around the edges, why he can be so intense and like everything is so serious for him because growing up, it was like, you know, super rough environment, couldn't mess around, anyone could F with you. And he views it like, that's how I was raised. This explains why I am who I am. Yeah, essentially, I'm tough on you because that's how I was, like, raised. That was what was required of me growing up. I think my only thing with this, we get more into this even when Dr. Pep comes. And I think my only thing is with this is there's a passionate need for everyone to understand where that attitude comes from. But... Again, not the not very much acknowledgement of how, okay, so this is why my instincts and my triggers are the way they are. And not, that doesn't make all of that behavior okay. And I'm mm-hmm. working on not being that way. It, it comes a little bit more, to me, it translates the way that he says this stuff more as like, I am who I am, you know? And now you just understand why. Hmm. Yeah, I guess there could have been some more qualifiers and explanations behind it. I mean, it's, I get where he's coming from, and I'm not about to pretend I know what it's like growing up in that environment. Right. But at the same time, it does, yeah, it does, I get what you're saying, and that help, that makes sense. Yeah, I did get a kick out of, so like where we went for Katina mm-hmm. was church. Mm-hmm. Because church was really important to her. She, like, looks back on her time as a child in church, including her purity class, which I found interesting, as a really, like, wonderful time of her upbringing. And she kind of used that as a platform to talk about, like, you know, she expects to raise her kids in the church. Does he? And then she's, like, relieved that he's down. She's like, oh, good thing we're on the same page about that. And I put, LOL, good thing we're on the same page about God, even if it has zero bearing on how he actually treats me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, uh, whatever. So that was that. I didn't really, like, take anything mage away. Again, I just feel like Katina is someone we maybe know the least. Yeah. As we're coming to a close of this season, it's almost becoming more and more magnified for me how little we've really gotten to know her on yeah, a deep I, level. I know. And I I guess another thing that, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the Dr. Pepper in a bit, but this whole, I'm like, does she talk on this show, really? And I know that yeah. sounds like extreme, but even when Dr. Pepper comes over, 
You know, it's like Olajuwon. He's speaking it, for them for the first at least two minutes. Yeah. And and it's not just about himself. It's on behalf of them as a couple and how they're doing. Yeah. And I feel like out of all the couples, he speaks on behalf. He's their couple represent- representative almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, more than any other person in any other couple. Which Talks is about disturbing the when it's a controlling person and the other person were already worried if she has a voice. Yeah. And to your, and to your point about getting to know Katina, I mean, it's funny. It's like at the beginning of the season, you know, she's introduced as this person who is extroverted and outgoing and go, Mm -hmm. you know, I think she was like a club promoter or something. So out five nights a week, pre pandemic. And then, you know, we have this whole, argument fight situation on the honeymoon where, you know, we get to see a lot of her personality. And obviously that's not like, Oh, right. With Lindsay. Yeah. It's not everything, you know, but it's like, okay, you show, you're showing us that you have, and for the last, I don't know, month, it just feels like, where are you? Yeah. Like she dissolved. Yeah. I don't know. I know. It's weird. Dr. Pepper comes and Basically, oh, uses the chance to bring up his newest, latest, deep, rigid concerns, which are, can Katina be married and finish nursing school and become a mom? First, he makes it all about how he doesn't want to see her get overwhelmed, which I'm like, that's not your say, okay? Um, But then we get the truth, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, and I got to make sure I'm happy, (laughs) I'm like, oh, that was a great roundabout way of presenting that. Oh, like, oh, it's all about Katina. I just don't want her to get overwhelmed, you know, but also I wanted to travel. And what about me? Dr. Pepper is sort of like, why are you? I mean, I I wasn't like blown away by Dr. Pepper's involvement here, but I did feel like she was kind of like, well, how do you feel, Katina? Yeah. And Katina basically said, finally says something like real. And she does say that like her big concern, because that's what this meeting is about. Like what are your last minute concerns essentially is that he requires a higher level of attention than any other man she's ever been with. (laughs) And it can be very draining for her personally. She looks drained in this. Yeah, she does. So, I mean, I thought that that was a win, but like, am I missing something? Like, did Dr. Pepper really dig into whatever that meant and what they could do about that? And did she? And I just missed it? No, I don't. It was very kind of. It was of, surface level, it right? It was extremely surface level. So, I think the thing that was like the most interesting kind of shocker was then when he's in the interview again, and at least it appears that it's right after this talk. O is like getting very emotional and he basically with like getting pride, like the producers prying a bit. And finally he's like, I do think she should say no on decision day. Like if I was her, I would lock in with school for the next two years and not focus on anything else and finish that. Like that would be what's best for me if I was her. I guess my biggest thing is like, bro, people are... And of course, we got more like we got more rambling, even with Keisha of like in After Party. We got more of the, you know, I already got a bachelor's. I already da da da. I already sold a house, bought a house, sold a house. I the resume you know, listing. What the resume listing? Yes, um, and I'm just and he's very fixated on like, I'm just like what? Ev- not everybody has the same path as you, and. I don't understand why you're so, what do you not comprehend? Like your mom was in nursing school while she was pregnant with you and married to your dad. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of things that can be happening a lot of at people the do same this. time. Yeah. And you know, I, this whole thing is just it, weird for me. It seems like it popped out out of nowhere. Yeah. Like we got halfway through just halfway through this relationship and suddenly it's like, wait, I don't know if we can be together because you're in school. And that means we can't travel the world. We can't have kids. We can't do. And I'm like, what? what are you like, talking about? People do this all the time. Yes, you might not be able to travel the world. Well, like, how many people can go travel the world? Like, I, I just, 
you know, I don't know. It's it's almost like he he has this <laughs> thing about like I'm retired essentially from life. Right. Like I've done it all. I've 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 bought I've bought and sold houses. I got my degree. My loans are paid off. Right. I'm retired. I'm I'm ready to travel and have kids it's just or so whatever. Weird. It's just it's bizarre. Like, I don't she know. can be in school and you can be working and she still has spring break, summer break. I don't know. Maybe he's just getting worried that he's going to be solely financially responsible for them since he did mention last week that it would just be much too much to ask to be financially responsible for her and their future kids. Never mind the fact that he's also simultaneously a firm believer in like the most old school traditional gender roles. So it's like, make up your mind, bro. Like, what is it? Like, do you want your girl to have an established, abundant career? Or do you want her to be your little Susie homemaker? Like, I don't, anyway, I digress. But it is interesting that he's so hellbent on it happening in the way that he did it. And it's like, it doesn't need to be that. And I think that is, Dr. Pep did say that, and Keisha also challenged him with that. Like, there's different ways to achieve these things. There's not one right one. Do you have anything else no, on that? I mean, overall, it's still, like, it's still steady. You it's, know what I mean? It's like, steady. But the the interesting thing to me, so we just talked about how little we feel like we know Katina all these weeks in, how we feel like she's slowly disappeared more as the weeks have gone on. And she opens, you know, an episode opens with her saying, like, I feel like Superwoman because of O. And then Dr. Pepper comes and she looks weary and she's admitting 10 days before decision day that he is more draining and requires more than anyone she's ever been with. Like, why have we not heard anything like that in the last five weeks? I mean, other than the obvious, which is that he's very like controlling and maybe there wasn't you know, a comfortable, safe environment for her to bring these things up to him. But I just am like, whoa, like that's to barely hear from you and then hear that. A lot of people would think that would be a pretty big thing. So it just makes me wonder if there's just so much more going on in Katina's head that she can't talk about because of Elijah Wan's vibe. It's hard to say, you know, and even this whole like, you know, they got into this huge fight, apparent, or they got into a fight, and Elijah wants to tell him Dr. Pepper about it because he was like, I told her to shut up, and then I realized. <gasps> oh, my God, Les, how could we not forget this? And he's like, yeah, and then I went in the bathroom and collected myself and realized, like, I'm not supposed to talk to her like that. And he apologized. And I'm like, okay, but, like, we didn't get, like, we didn't get the overhead Where's camera. Where's the footage? We didn't get the overhead camera on that, Release you know. Release the like, tapes. And... Did she speak on that argument to Dr. Pepper or how? Yeah, right. I don't know. It's just no. like, it's everything with Olajuwon is like, it doesn't matter what I do as long as after I acknowledge I was wrong. Exactly. You know, and I don't know. I do think that he seems earnest in wanting to change, but it's just, I don't know. And so I want to give him the space to in time to do that and not just expect that someone becomes this thing immediately. But yeah, it's just annoying in that way. I know. Okay. Speaking of annoying, let's jump into Mark and Lynn's let's, and let me just ask you a question about Mark and Lynn's before we begin. Uh And was I wrong or was, did I miss watch last week's episode? Cause what I remember from last week's episode was Lindsay getting too drunk, having to go to the emergency room, being pumped full of IV and saying really awful, mean things about Mark. And if you were to watch this week's episode, you would have no idea that that happened. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Because, because if Lindsay can act like everything's okay then everyone can act like everything's okay. And Mark's just going to go with it. And I feel like they have an addiction to their pattern is like reconnecting in times of trial and tribulation, Mm. which we'll elaborate on more in a second. 
because I think that she really gets something out of getting to caretake him. Mm. But I also think she really gets something out of him caretaking her. And I think that the way that that whole, like, as much as we might think, why aren't you mad at her about that? And who the hell knows what happened in the time in between. But she's so focused on how he stepped up in the moment. Right? Yeah. And now we're just bonded because we went through this thing together. And we were at the hospital together. Yeah, give me a break. But... All of that to say, we do open with her doing a selfie cam because they got in a fight the night before. Mark, and, and we're getting her saying, Mark has spent most of our relationship, including last night, telling me to be less, 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 less loving, less caring, less loud, less, less, less. And then you cut to the overhead cam of this talk from last night. <laughs> and you hear him saying, I don't like when you pinch me every 10 seconds. It's just not enjoyable to me. <laughs> I don't want you poking me and licking my ear every it's 10 seconds. It's just not seconds. my thing. <laughs> and I'm like, Lindsay, oh, like, do you really not understand that on like a base level? Like, I just can't. So then we have Dr. Pepper visit pretty soon, which that's why. In the beginning, it felt like, oh, Dr. Pep's doing a special visit because it was like, we just got that and then she was showing up. So we go over the hyper trigger comment from the retreat and Mark is basically like, I can't keep up with her triggers because there's one around every corner waiting for me. And I like, I cannot memorize them all. I can't, I never know what's going to be like a huge thing and what isn't. And you know what? They replayed that moment. And I feel like I was maybe more sympathetic to Lindsay last week about that comment. Because like Dr. Pep said, let's all be real. Hyper isn't like a great connotation. It's I've not, never heard it be used in a positive way. Right. You're not like, <laughs> oh, I love them so much. They're so hyper. No, yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm really hyper. So that's true. But when we rewatched it, they replayed that moment of when she turned on him. This week, I was like almost more team Mark seeing it again. Because I was like, oh, come on. That was so small. Poking, getting poked every, poked and licked and everything continuously. Yeah. And then saying, yeah, you're being a little hyper. And her like shutting down and walking off. And ruining the day. Sounds like literally the worst cycle ever <laughs> like a romantic relationship. I, I would just be like, like it, get me out of this yeah like this is not no this is like wait you're the one who's all up in my face all the time and i say something in jest or i i get it is hurtful but come it's on not that hurtful, like though. it's not no. that hurtful no so my thesis i have to say before we get into more of the particulars here mark is checked out but he gets these surges of or glimpses of, you know, what they could be or they have like a little moment that's actually nice or um, an expert shows up and sort of like re-motivates him. Yeah. And then he doubles down on everything. And I, I just know. feel I think that he really believes it in those moments. But I wrote like multiple times, Mark, stop lying to yourself. Yeah. You are done with this relationship. You're done and you have been done. And I, I, I don't think, I really do not believe that he's functioning in a deceitful way because like I said, I think he convinces himself in these moments of crisis, especially because it sounds like he grew up in a very crisis, chaos, heavy household as well. I think there is that, like we've talked about, like trauma bonding that mm-hmm. they have together where the chaos is miserable and the whole time you're in it, you can't understand how you're still in it. But then the makeup is so yummy and it feels so, you suddenly feel so much closer and we got through something and oh my God, look, she's talking softly to me. And and then he's like, you know what? Yeah, I can see this. I can see this, you know? That and, that's a great point and I think you're absolutely correct. To hearken, to go back to when we are introduced to these individuals at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. you know, how much was it like, I need to make this work. 
I want someone to kiss on New Year's Eve. Like, right. you, you kind of, like, start going back into his cycle of relationships, and you can see how it's easy for him to get caught in that, yeah, I do believe this, and I and I want to make this work, and I can do this, I can yeah. do this, you know, because he... gets he, swept up in the idea of the thing. Exactly. Um, so she goes on her little... So that that's just my overall thoughts about this and him. Going back... She's now basically opening, bringing Dr. Pepper into her, her frustrations. So we're getting into this, like, he, I feel like, always dismisses me. He's always trying to justify whatever he's done to me or not done with me. And I get to this point where I'm like, I'm not going to let you hurt me. So I'm going to be done first Mm -hmm. or I'm going to guard myself first, which we've already explored some of this in past weeks. So what she does is she feels rejected or small or whatever from any little thing, whether it's him calling her hyper or him not wanting to snuggle the same way or him not being excited about sushi. And she convinces herself it all means he doesn't care about her. And she's like, screw you. And then she puts the wall up. And she convinces herself that he doesn't care. So I did think it was cool that Dr. Pepper's like, look him in the eye then and ask him. Like, it's just so funny to remember how many things that we do as human beings to like preempt pain or conflict. Mm -hmm. We'd rather tell ourselves a story in advance because we think we're protecting ourselves. But really, all we're doing is like living out a whole drama that hasn't even happened yet. And, like, putting all that bad energy on the relationship anyway. Definitely. So he, of course, is like, of course I care. And so then she kind of goes in circles and is like, okay, well, it's that you don't consider me. I think about you and everything and you don't consider me. She does bring up all this stuff about she'll ask him to, like, give her all of him for like a section of time Mm -hmm. and he'll be like, okay, one second. And then it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all the things. And I just put, look at the end of the day, I think he's checked out. This relationship is over. And I think that that is the part that bleeds into the day to day that we don't see where she feels dismissed. Yeah. Because I think on those days, it's easy for him to just be like, let me just avoid conflict and stay away from her. Exactly. And then cameras come and experts come and group exercises. And these are the things that sort of like jolt him back. But I just put, look, I don't know what to believe with Lindsay anymore because she exaggerates so much and has been caught in lies that it's really hard for me to like take her at face value when she says things happened a certain way. But if this is true about the phone stuff, that's shitty. Yeah, it's not fun. And this is ultimately like, Getting back to stop lying to yourself, Mark. Yeah. You know, like it's now, now we're not being fair to anyone, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at earlier. It's like, now you're not, you're really not helping. You're actually hurting her more in the long run. Yeah. So you need to, I don't know, be honest. I got a kick out of (laughs) Dr. Pepper asking if Mark asks Lindsay to stop when she's poking and prodding and doing all that. Right. And she, he was like, well, yeah. And she's like, no, I mean, it's always like jokey. And then they play the tape and I'm like, this is cringy. You can clearly tell the only reason why he's not going uh, assertively stop it is because he doesn't want to get into a fight, but he's very clearly not into it being like, get off. It's of like, me. where are your cues, Linz? Like, yeah. seriously, it's like, and yeah, you're right. It was funny because it's such a basic question. And the second Pep asked, I was like, what a funny thing that for Lindsay to have to consider for a second that this guy has given her all the cues that he doesn't like this thing and she just blatantly ignores them. Yeah, and, and in the same way. With the food with stuff. With the food stuff. Yes. And so now, don't get me wrong, Mark. I'll be the first to acknowledge that Mark's palate needs to expand. He seems confused about what salsa is, which, <laughs> like, is baffling. Mind-numbingly baffling. Um, but, you know, I was like, 
I would. I thought this whole food thing was just ridiculous that we're talking about this no, with well, Dr. It, Pepper. Because she went back to her classic, what she does, she starts rattling off a list. She's just so I mean, like, and she starts listing, you know, I want, I don't know. I'm just really questioning if this is the right person for me. I mean, I want someone dynamic, someone who's going to try the new food, someone who's going to, and Mark's like, I've been trying new food. I tried a lot of new food. And he's, she's like, I mean, what? You tried cucumber rice? And Dr. Pepper's like, hold on a second. Have you tried some new food? Like, can we talk about this? And then we get to see, like, and hear about all the times that he has. And then Mark gives, like, a, what I feel like was one of the first times he's really articulated, like, the exhaustion of one of these things that Lindsay does, which he's like, look. I need room to take baby steps. I can't become a new person overnight. And for you to poke at me every single night at dinner time. And shove thing in his face. And shove food new in shit face in my face. I'd be like, try this, yeah. try this. Have you tried this? Try this. He's like, it's just a lot. Like, and I was like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe how naive I've been to think that like, this, ha of course it's happening every night of the week. And that is exhausting. Yeah. Like for the love of God, take the guy out to dinner once a week to try something new and you are winning. Like, I can't believe that you're like on a night. And, and it just told me like a bigger story about Lindsay, which is that she has all of these ideals of what she expects her partner to be. And the, if he doesn't match up in certain ways, like, Rather than her respect it, accept it, learn to accommodate it, her only mo like her only mo is to change it by all means necessary. Yeah, With, regardless of if the person wants to change it or not. Yeah. So yeah. that's some major nagging, and that actually leads into a bigger conversation where I was just proud of him for saying this much. He was like. You've got to give me room to get there. He's like, the food is actually similar to the love thing. He's like, let me get there. Give me space. I know how to love someone. I've done it before. I can do it again. I do it really well. But you have to give me the room to do it at my own pace. And I thought, wow, how articulate. And I also put Mark, why? <laughs> because it still, it felt like he was giving her hope again. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh. And then after all of this, Mark's fucking cat dies. What? Like, you can't write this. You really can't. Like, this poor guy, everything in his life has been get going wrong since this show started. If I was him, I would think that everything about this show was a bad omen in my life. Yeah, and I point. also put, like, this. there is a track record of animals dying in maths homes that are not doing well? And do we think that these tumultuous maths couples are cultivating a negative energy where elderly animals are dropping dead? That's right. I forgot. Brett's, Brett's dog. dog. Brett's Brett. dog last, died last season. Yeah. I mean, this is not good. It's not. So... It's not, but it provided Lindsay an opportunity right, to, to be, be there for to him. Go, to come to the rescue, yeah. which she loves. Mm -hmm. It's a weird thing, too, because you can tell she loves it because it makes her feel really important and needed. And, like, he's not going to push her away in those moments because he needs someone. So the fact, like, sh she just happens to be one there, the one there. So even if he couldn't stand her yesterday, he's going to put his head in her shoulder and weep because at the end of the day, his 14-year-old cat's dying. And she loves it. And then also it's like, all I can think of is like a week from now when she'll be shoving this in his face. That she was there for him. Yeah, I was there for you. I was there for you. I was done with this. I was done with this couple, theoretically, when before she takes him on the hike, she says, I hope the expert visit <laughs> was beneficial to Mark. I really hope he listened to I really to hope it got through to Mark. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You have learned nothing, ma'am. But yeah, and then we have the little nature moment, which like, I mean, 
it needs to be said, like, Mark is the least, I mean, we're not even, like, full-blown REI people, okay? Like, but this level of ineptitude in nature is truly shocking. Like, were you born on the same planet as me? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's like, I've never heard someone go through, like, a stroll in the park and ask so many times for a bench. Where's the bench? I need the bench. There's no benches here? I think he might have, though, too. I thought that this was a plan for him post-cat dying to, like, go do something that's going to make us feel better. And then I realized, oh, no, this is Lindsay's family hometown thing. Yeah. So, like, she viewed outside as her safe space, so she wanted to be in nature with him. And then she proceeds to read her letter about how people will tell you you're too much don't believe them, ba 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 ba, which is exactly as subtweety as it sounds because she confirms it in after party that she basically read that letter to send him a message to basically stop telling her to be less, which not the point of the exercise. No, not but... the point of the exercise at all. But naturally, you tried to find a way that it could be a teaching moment for someone else that wasn't you. Um, and then we have. Mark's old house and it wasn't like I didn't take away anything major away from it except that he describes his mom as standing in the window every day staring at everything his dad would do on the lawn and just yelling at him his dad would sit in the driveway in a folding chair and like wave wave at people and talk to people and she would just yell at him and she would just berate him like no one wants to talk to you oh my god this sounds like Lindsay yeah here's the thing Therapy. Both these people need therapy. Yes. It's definitely. just there's so, individual. I mean, individual. They there's <laughs> there's so much here, like so much from their they're both their, so not ready to be yeah, they're just not like it it's everything is it's way too intense. We're like this, this is it's High highs, boiling low over. Lows. Yeah. And it was apparent in them talking about their childhoods and their families that, like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out. Yeah. A lot of hurt that happened. And I don't know. You that can see them hurting around. each other as yeah. a result of it. Projecting on each other. Yeah. <sighs> what a shit show, couple. It's like, can we just get to the end, please, with these two? Yeah. I'm actually, like... This has become the interesting decision day couple, I think, because like they do have these moments of wanting to like of coming back together again, you know? And so it's like, I mean, they've had the lowest of the lows of people on the show of any couple on the show. Yeah. And yet. It's like what it, it's like what day is decision day going to fall on? Right. You know, is it going to fall on? One of their good on? days or one of we their bad days? We had a fight days. the night before or another cat's in the hospital and we're holding on to each other. You right. know, and, and like whatever day of the week decision day that falls on, that's what they're going to say it feels like. Yeah, I don't know. For sure. Um let's move on to Jasmine and Michael. Okay. Let's. Uh this was I think a really important week. This was a really important week for Jasmina opening up. Mm-hmm. I feel like she has been giving Michael such a hard time for so long about opening up to her so she can know more about him and and then feel comfortable opening up to him that we've made it to week fucking seven. And Jasmina, like I literally have started questioning myself that the things that I thought I remembered from our introduction to him, her, were maybe not true because we haven't heard about them once mm-hmm. in the marriage, which was that she had, like, hella trauma growing up. Yeah. Like, mage. And we haven't heard a word about it since she married Michael. Mm-hmm. And so I have been a little bit like, uh, we're putting a lot of pressure on Michael to open up for someone who really hasn't done it much herself. And this, I feel like, was really important for them. So they, like, went and looked at the last home that her and her mom and dad were all under the same roof in. And, yeah, she opened up about her past. And it's just really sad. Like, her mom left her when she was little. 
Her dad was a truck driver who was always gone. Her first stepmom didn't like show her any affection whatsoever. So she felt like hated and all alone as a kid and tells that story in front of that school about how the teacher, Potaski, yes, Mrs. Mrs. Potaski, was like a life changer for her and school became a refuge for her because it was the only place she felt loved and felt important. It was so beautiful and so yeah. emotional. Um, and Michael got, she got really emotional reading her letter and Michael got really emotional too. And the only thing missing from this moment was a fucking kiss. I know. It was like the least natural thing that they didn't kiss because they were both so vulnerable. They were both crying. Then they pulled each other in to hold each other. And it was like, kiss. I know. I know. Ugh. I forgot. I, I guess I didn't totally realize that Jasmina is a teacher. Yeah, I forget that yeah. too. That's yeah. That's pretty cool. So That's so beautiful. Shout out teachers, Mrs. Potaski, Jasmina. Yeah. Doing the work. I love it. And then we go to his last home that he lived in with his mom in high school and to that park that was close by that him and his brother would go to all the time. And his letter was very beautiful. Yeah, I mean, he's the one at this point who's really ahead of the game between them two in terms of opening up, you know? So it was just added more layers to what oh, yeah. we already knew about him. And then Dr. Pepper came and... I mean, we do, we have a couple things. So she asked them what they've had to unlearn from their past for this marriage. And Jasmina explains that she was always taught to be like vigorously independent because a man can always leave. And that makes so much sense Yeah. Um, for the upbringing she had. Like it makes sense why she was taught that. And it also lends so much insight into how freaking guarded she's been up until the last few weeks. And I think Michael actually has something similar. If not, it was like on steroids because he lost even more people. Yeah, or what he had to unlearn. He was he he talked about how um, he go through things alone. or something. Yeah, when he's going through things, not sharing that with anyone and feeling like you have to handle everything yourself. Right. Um, and then they're talking about babies, which is so funny. Like their timeline, and Dr. Pepper's like, um. So, as far as making babies, how are we how are we trying that now? Because you do know you have to have sex to do that, right? Well, it, before we get into this, I will just say this. I mean, they, they continue to look really strong. Yeah. The fact that they're having this conversation about babies with openly with such ease shows or is more proof to your whole theory that Jasmina is into him, loves him, sees a future with him, but isn't able to express that physically yet for whatever reason. Right. Like, it's all there. All yeah. the, the The roadmap is laid out. They just need to freaking kiss. I know. So, I mean, they're holding hands a little bit. They're doing some light cuddling, but Dr. Pepper's basically encouraging them, like, you need to do more of it. Uh, and why are they not kissing? Jasmina's not there yet. And I did suddenly have a flashback to Mirla. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I would be devastated if this was a Mirla situation, which Mirla really did dupe us. Yeah. Remember? Like, we were shocked at, with the way, in the end, they didn't work out. And it was like, oh, we'd been giving her too much credit all season that like, oh, she just moves really slow and she just da-da-da, you know? And- Jasmina makes the point to say to Dr. Pepper in front of her husband, I just don't have the urge to lay one on him. Not a great thing to hear. But then she also goes, I, so she's waiting for this huge urge, right? But then she's also like, I don't know, maybe we need to just get the first kiss out of the way. Like she implies something like that. And I'm like, try that one. Yeah. Like try that one. We have 10 days left. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, it's so baffling to me. See and what happens. Like, I don't want to judge like people at different speeds with this stuff, but I'm just kind of like thinking back to, I'm wondering in her. And I, I forget that she said 
her dating history has a lot of like long distance. It's all long distance. But I'm like, have you ever held anyone to this standard? I mean, you're, you've been living with this person for like seven weeks now. You're technically yeah. married. And have you ever like just casually dating someone held them to like, I'm not going to kiss you until you open up and are extreme. Like there's no way, things, like there's no yeah. way that, that, that she could have put other people through the same thing. So that's why I'm like, what's going on well, here? And you saying that actually makes me think it's one of two things. She's either just not in the, that into him and all of these new benchmarks that she has created, you know, she's always moving the, the fucking goal line. Goalposts. Yeah. Goalposts. So it's almost like she either has never been that into him and keeps moving the goalposts deep down, hoping that each time he reaches the new one is when her vagina will flutter. Or she is so like, she's such a perfectionist and she never has lived like with a boyfriend and she's never had an in real life boyfriend <laughs> that isn't someone that she just plans visits to every couple months and she's worked it up to be like these choices are so big that everything has to be perfect before each one is made yeah. you know um and, and to the point where she's basically like lost the plot and now like the pressure is so high that like what kiss is gonna ever measure up to that oh, like yeah. So I kind of think it's one of the two, and I hope it's more of the two, which is so frustrating, but would mean that we can go somewhere with that. Yeah. But it could be the other one. I know. That's a good point. That's kind of scary to think about. I don't know. Like it. It's like they keep getting closer. Like all signs are pointing to this couple is actually doing the best of everyone, enjoying each other the best, getting to know each other at deeper depths every week. Their chemistry is crazy. Like, they're, I guess we're going to call it friendship chemistry at this point. But even the way that they were in front of, I mean, they just, they joke nonstop. They have, they already got that internal couple language. Like, mm -hmm. they're constantly laughing, giving each other a hard time. I just am like, you guys like each other. Get with the program. I know. But then, like, what <sighs> Michael said in After Party was kind of concerning, too, because... You know, she Keisha was asking him about like the physical, and he's like, "I'm not doing anything. It's on her now." Right. And I was like, "It's just kind of the way it came mm. out was a little." Oh. I don't know. Yeah, she did ask, like, "Have you tried? Why haven't you tried to yeah. initiate?" And he made it clear, like, "Oh, we've talked about it, and it's been made clear that that's Jasmina's move to make." Which, I don't think that's good that Jasmina was given the full responsibility because again her perfectionism is going to play into this more and she's going to like wait forever yeah okay last we have steve and noi did steve just get his ears pierced did you notice that uh, yes i thought it's the first time i've ever noticed them yeah i mean maybe this is the first time he's wearing earrings but yeah, it was funny was... because they went so perfectly with his R&B hit from 2001. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, just let me perfect just tell timing. You, I tried to find this song. Get down. Get down. I wanted to outro the, this episode with the <laughs> song. Could not find it. Damn it. I know. Oh, my God. I, Remember when we found Eric's band? Oh, yes. From season 12. That was what such was a good find. Name? I don't know. Infinite Jest or something like that. <laughs> so we go to his childhood home that his parents still live in. Okay. I have to say, what? Noi is awkward. She is. Like, and I, I just, I kept writing. She must just be nervous, and like, she's really unfamiliar. I think with a family that operates so, like, it, it seems like you know they've got a, they all live on top of each other. They're all very close. Mm -hmm. They're all very loud. They're all very, like, embraced and encouraged to follow their own journeys within mm -hmm. this little roof. And I think that all of – so mom is very much, like, following them that everywhere. That was what I was going to ask you. What was your take on that? Because at first I thought it was kind of cute, like, oh, one of those opportunities where you can ask mom a bunch of questions about your partner. Yeah. Then it got to a point where I'm like, 
you're singing along to the song oh in the living God. room. I'm like, I think you're kind of overstaying your welcome a little bit. I, don't, I don't think the house is big enough for her to go anywhere, to be honest. I thought it was cute. I just think that... I thought it no- was cute to a point. <laughs> I thought it was cute, but that Noi was not the partner that can handle parents super well. Mm-hmm. And so she made it feel more awkward to me. Like, she just, like... Noi doesn't have, like, the most natural, um, like, warmth yeah. and social ease. And so what comes off sometimes is, like, she makes these facial expressions that almost seem like, what? Or, like, that's weird. Well, the whole thing about the teddy bear just seemed rude. Right. She was like, aren't you a little old for a teddy bear? Not, like, oh, my oh, gosh, so I cannot cute. believe you it's still have a stuffed nice animal condition. from How? your yeah. babe. No, it's just like. And oh, I'm like, oh. you're in front of mom right now, which mom was watching Noi like a hawk. At everything they were doing, I think looking for like, you know, for yeah. those moments of like, isn't he cute? Isn't that great? Isn't he a, you know? Mm-hmm. And Noe just really didn't give her much back. Mm-hmm. And even when they were sitting listening to the song, I was laughing because mom was really watching Noe the whole time while she was singing. Like, isn't it, you know, like trying to make eye contact and have a moment. Like, can you believe? Yeah. And Noe just like, I really think that Noe just isn't super comfortable in herself. And so she just doesn't know how to deal with that. But she comes off sort of rude and aloof. She did in this part. Yeah. I can't believe this song was a hit around town. This is hilarious. Like, he's like, yeah, you'd be driving around. People would be blasting it from their Mom is fully dancing, singing every word. It mentions that booty. Yeah. The way that booty moves. (laughs) I was dying. Yeah. Thank you, Steve Moy, for your contribution. Yeah, thank you for that. So, um, well, and then we learn from that that like apparently he's got like a boy band streak in him, which makes it make so much sense when they go to the dance lesson. Oh, he was he was killing it. He was auditioning to be a background dancer. Yeah. He had his chains, his earrings were going. He was had all the moves, had his (laughs) had his sneakers on. Like he was like hoping that someone was watching and could (laughs) offer him like a job. Dancing with the stars. Yeah. He's on the next season. Britney Spears background dancer. He was going for it. I loved it. We do that private. Like, so her like home thing is the dance lesson because singing and dancing was very important for her as a child. So like we got a lot of emphasis on how Noi was not allowed to express herself growing up. I feel like I learned the most yes. from Noi in terms of this, this, yes. this week. And I, I, yeah, I got the most out of her explaining her childhood yeah. experience and it just informs so, so many much. things about why she is the way she is now. Yeah. So she like admits that like when she hold on holds on and fights like and it says like with the social media, for her it's about like it's this obsession with holding on to this idea of freedom to express because she couldn't as a kid and it was like actually bad. And so she just explains like sometimes fights basically mean a whole other thing for me. And he's like, got it. Feel like I understand on a new level, but also I deserve for you to care about my feelings too. So, but her letter to herself, she talks about how she felt the burden of how hard her parents worked. Oh, that was some heartbreak. And how like deeply poor they were. And so she always felt like a burden, let alone emotions. Like there was no room for those. So I don't know. I did feel like that was all really like sweet. And it was one of the first times that Noi has like really opened up on that level to him. Mm-hmm. And then with Dr. Pepper's meeting, this again, this was another time where I was just like, I have been giving them too much credit that they must be talking about deeper things off camera. And through this meet with Dr. Pep, I just realized like, wow, she is truly stunted with the communication stuff on an extreme level. Like she basically says before a couple weeks ago when she admitted the job stuff, she wasn't telling him anything, including when she was even just upset, period. 
So she sees herself as having come a very long way in a short time because she's like, the fact that I can at least identify a feeling to him and be like, I'm feeling this and I need space. She could never do that before. She's never practiced that. She's, I mean, no wonder she's a a social media poster because that's in her mind as an adult been her only means of sharing what she's feeling. Mm -hmm. So I do, I mean, I found that insightful because it was like, holy shit. So they really were like, she really was actively avoiding convos like the plague because she straight up did not know how to have them. Yeah. But it also, again, just pl- it makes me worried for the sake of Steve because Steve is so, so, I mean, and maybe that's exactly why they need to be together. But she's very behind in this aspect of personal growth. For the age of 30, I feel like she should be further along. And that's just like a lot of work. Yeah. You know, like we're at very baby step levels here. Yeah. I mean, Steve's personality lends to the relationship. You know, the I fact mean, that yeah. he can he can like support her through this time and, and calmly discuss their issues and what he needs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel hopeful. I I still, I guess, feel hopeful for them. Yeah, I do too. Oh, I'm, am I skipping the Dr. Pepper? Did you have anything to add? Oh, well, oh, the last, oh my gosh. Okay. So they talk about noise, Noi wanting to live, like keep her studio And how Steve assumed that they would move right in with each other after. But, like, she has since explained to him what that studio represents to her emotionally. And so they're still talking about it. And Dr. Pepper feels like she needs to be transparent and admit that she lives separately from her husband of 16 years. Which... I'm like, damn it! You're the wrong person to be here right now. Yeah, this conversation's a Pastor Cow conversation. I would. I'm like, Steve was probably so bummed because here's the thing: she gives all the necessary caveats that I think are really crucial to the whole thing. She's like, look, I did live with my first husband of 23 years, who I had all of my children with, and a world where we had not been living in the same home to raise our kids wouldn't have really made sense. So clearly Dr. Pep found love later in life. I mean, what is she in her 60s? So probably like. A refound love later. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So that's just totally different. I get why people like, if you've already lived a ton of life and you are really passionate about like your own space and your own stuff after having gone through a divorce, I totally get that. I just thought like, it's like it's not relevant at all to them as a couple because they're totally different circumstances but Noi naturally is like see people do it and I'm like Noi I don't even think that's really what you want to do though I was just bummed that Dr. Pepper didn't challenge Noi on why she wants to do it and maybe she did and we just didn't see it Uh, I I just wanted her to push a little bit and go let's talk about why because I think that what would have come up is like what we talked about last week, her fears of just in case. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a good reason to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. At first, I thought that I, that she just wanted to keep the studio and live with Steve. And then I remembered, oh, no, a while back she talked about, like, not living with him altogether. Like, I... I don't even know if she knows, honestly. Don't yeah, you feel like it's, like, morphed? Either. I'm just like, if he's got the money, just pay for the studio, but live with him. Right, like, right. just have it for six months. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, boom. I'm, I need, I can give it up now. You right. Know, I don't know. Like, give yourself time to create your own life together. Because it just seems like their lives are never really going to true truly merge if she's they start off their marriage that's like this. dumb yeah you know? like that's it's just so dumb not gonna work 
So, yeah, I mean, in general, I feel like they're probably still together, but I do feel like she has a habit, and I don't know if she just does this for when people put her on the spot, but she always needs people to know, like, this isn't just a shoe-in. Yeah. You know? And you even see it in the preview for next week. Like, there's, I don't know, there's still some concerns, or there's still some things. And I just think that that's her flair for the dramatics a little bit. I do, too. I'm not totally buying it. Me, too. Me, too. So, yeah, I, we're getting close to the end here. What do we have left? Um, okay, so we have next week is a, it looks like there's a big group activity. They play football together. Can't wait to see how that goes. Um, and then they get advice and counsel from their friends. Oh, right. And then I believe we have decision day after that. And then two reunions. I think that's it. Um, Regular episode. So this uh, this week was the last after party, which feels about right. I would love, I know somebody tracks this. And if they haven't by next week, then maybe I'll sit down and do it myself. I want to see the numbers now that we're to the end of exactly how many times each character came on. I would bet you that Lindsay and Olajuwon had the most. I would bet you as well. Most of appearances. So, yeah. So, next week, we have a regular episode. Then we have Decision Day. And then we have two-part reunion. Two-part reunion. I hope we get Chris and Alyssa ooh, back. Because I kind of want to me too. That. Oh, my God. I know. Are you ready for my power rankings? I'm ready. Okay. Thank you. I want to use this opportunity to thank the 70% of our <laughs> followers out there who agreed with my power rankings last week. Um, shows how smart... It was actually 69%. It shows how smart the 69% of our listeners are. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, okay, coming in at number four. I still have Mark and Lindsay. I'm sorry, not sorry. Number yeah. three, I have Olajuwon and Katina. Number two, I have Stephen Noy. And number one, I have Jasmina and Michael. This number one spot comes with a caveat. Mm -hmm. And I will say this. Next week. It needs to be cumulative next week. Next week, if there, I will not have a couple, number one in my power rankings, who has not kissed (laughs) going into decision day. Yeah, that sounds right. That's in the bylaws (laughs) of the power rankings. So might shift a little bit next week. We will see. Ball's really in their court. Okay, wait. Say it one more time. Four, Mark and Lindsay. Three, Katina Olajuwon. Two, Stephen Noy. One, Mark and Lindsay. One is not Mark and Lindsay. I mean, sorry. Gosh, Michael and Jasmina. One is Michael and Jasmina. So the only change this week is I Stephen Noy went from second to third and swapped places with Katina and Olajuwon. Wait, Stephen Noy are in third? We were in third after last week. Oh, I was going to ask you why they weren't, like, what's the, regardless of, like, our weird feelings, like, what's the logic behind Stephen Noy being ahead of them right now? I think, um, I think this, the understanding Noy a little bit better Uh is, helps out their relationship more, and I just... I, I feel like they grew a little bit more than the Katina and Elijah one. Yeah, I think you're right. So. Okay. I accept. Okay. We hope you guys have an amazing weekend, that you avoid getting sick, unlike me, and get ready for our last full episode before decision day next week. We've got a big month ahead of us, folks. Like, subscribe, follow, yeah. leave right. review. We love you. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.